there's something about this um, passage of Scripture in particular that catches my attention um, for, a few, for a few reasons. Um, but I, I remember every time that I see this, it pops up on my phone or my Bible, I hear someone talking about it. It just kind of catches my ear. And so let me give you a little history why this passage of Scripture is important to me and, and I think important to what God's doing. And so uh, several years ago, Dave and Sydney Clayton, they're the people who started Ethos, started our kind of family of churches I felt like God was inviting them to, for a season to go and, and to learn from the global church, right? That we're not the only church, we're not the only people that worship Jesus. And we had things that we needed to learn from our brothers and sisters all over the world. And so they had made friends with this movement leaders in Kenya. So actually, Nana got to go with them, and Dave and Sid and their three boys, and, and Nana went to, to Kenya. And, and so what we do as a staff, whenever anyone on our team is, is going to serve globally or to learn, like we, we send them out. And so we have a time of prayer and sending. And so we gathered this one morning, we were praying over them the day before they were leaving, and and we were just asking God, hey, God, would you speak to us? Would you, would you send them out? Would you fill them up? And so as the, our time began, God started to just move in some pretty special ways. And so someone from our team went and pulled Dave and Sid aside and said, hey, just as we began praying, I felt like I was supposed to share Isaiah chapter 43 with you. And they're like, okay, hey, thanks. And so read through the, the passage of scripture and um, take the, get Dave and Sid back in the, the, the bigger group and about six, seven minutes later, um, someone on staff stands up and, and she says, hey, um, as we were praying, God was laying Isaiah chapter 43 on my heart for you. She says this in front of our whole staff. And, and, and Dave and Sid kind of look at the whole group and they're like, hey, did, did you know, like, did y'all talk to each other? Like, what just happened? Like, we just heard Isaiah 43 two times in, in a short amount of time. And so God was getting their attention. They get on the plane, they fly to Kenya, and, and they're a part of this conference, and they get there, and, and do you know what the theme of the conference was that they show up? Isaiah 43. Um, they spend a couple of weeks in Kenya, and they're flying back to, to Lisbon, Portugal, to meet with Andre and Eunice, two of our, our church planting partners that live in Lisbon, Portugal, and there's a woman that's a part of that church plant, and Dave and Sid get off the plane, and she says, I've been praying and fasting for you all for the past three days. I haven't had anything to eat. I've just been drinking water, and the Lord laid two verses on my heart for you. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. And Dave and Sid come back and they start telling us these stories and we're like, okay, that's completely coincidence, right? There's nothing to that, right? Let's just ignore that and move on. No, it's like, okay, God, what are you trying to say to us? Verse 18 and 19, the Lord says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up, do you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness, springs in the wasteland. And I believe so much of what God was giving our church family through Dave and Sid four years ago, we're now beginning to see right now a little bit in our city. I believe that God is doing something special in Nashville. Do you see it? And maybe you're new to Nashville, maybe you have no idea what's going on. And so last year, last January, there were 400 churches that gathered to pray for this city. Think about that. If, if you heard in New York City that 400 churches were getting together to pray, or if you heard in, in a city across the world that churches were gathering to pray for the lost, it would get your attention. And I go, man, are we so close to it that we can't sing this thing that God is doing right in our midst? God is doing something. You know, last year, do you remember, and, and maybe you don't, remember January last year? Do you remember how rainy it was? 
Like it just rained and rained and rained. In fact, it was the most rain that our city had had in the month of January since the year of 1895. And you know what also happened in the year uh, 1895? It was a year that Nashville experienced the greatest revival this city has ever seen. That a fifth of the people came to know Jesus in one year. I remember talking to a friend who's part of our church family and he called me one day and he said, Brandon, he said, my sister just gave her life to Jesus. She got baptized. He said, she's a, uh, she's a part of, uh, of Davidson County, which means that there was someone in this city that was praying for her. And so remember this last year that, that every single person in the city limits of Nashville was on a card and someone was praying for them. And he said, is there any way to track down who that person was? Because I, I wanna reach out to them and I wanna tell them that their prayers were heard that God was listening, that God was moving in their prayers. And so this, this, this guy, he grew up in this family of, uh, of followers of Jesus. His parents are followers of Jesus. And his sister went one way and he went the other. And he's saying, there's something about this season where God got her attention, God woke her up, God brought her back to himself. And I go, do we have eyes to see it? You know, it's possible for God to be moving right in front of us and for us to miss it. Right? It, it's, it's possible, think about this in other aspects of life, it's possible to be present, but to not really be present. Right, it's, it's, it's possible to be in a marriage, but not really be in marriage. Man, it is possible that the living creator God of the universe is doing something right in front of us and we are too busy or too apathetic or too distracted to see what God is doing. And I think the invitation in Isaiah chapter 43 is see See what I'm doing. To see, to step in. I want to give us a little context for the book of Isaiah because I think it gives this chapter a little bit even more meaning. Isaiah was, was written to the nation of Israel. The first 39 chapters are, are a warning to the people of God. Right, The nation of Israel were, were formed from Abraham and Sarah, that these two people that God said, I'm going to bless you, that the whole world's going to be blessed through you, that a nation is going to be formed through your family. And so this family grows up, and, and what happens, it's, it's God's special people, the nation of Israel. And what begins to happen is that these people begin to treat God very carelessly. They grow apathetic to the ways of God. They grow apathetic to the, the words of God. And so they start hardening their hearts. And the first 39 chapters of Isaiah is a wake-up call wake up. It's this call to, to turn back, to, to give me your whole heart, to, to quit bowing down to the things that your hands have made, quit bowing down to the things in culture that culture is telling you to obey and come back to me with your whole heart and over and over and over again. It's this call, come back to me. And God's people refuse to listen. Isaiah chapter 39 says, because you refuse to listen, there's punishment. And this is the way that any good parent works. That any time the, their, their kids are wayward, their kids are not obedient, there's punishment, right? You don't just keep letting kids just choose their own way when you know it's not going to lead to destruction. So God says, you're gonna be punished. And what this looked like was the nation of Assyria, the nation of Babylon coming in, completely destroying the city of Jerusalem, deporting all the people of Israel to the nation of Assyria and Babylon for 70 years. 70 years go by. They're living in a land that's not their own because they refuse to follow the ways of the Lord to punishment of God. And then in 
Isaiah chapter 40. God comes to his people and says, your sentence has been served. Punishment's over. In the next six chapters, Isaiah, starting in chapter 40 on, it's, it's God promising over and over again, I'm gonna bring you back to Jerusalem. And I'm gonna be with you. And, and everything that comes your way, I'm, I'm not gonna leave you. I'm gonna bring you through every heartache and every struggle that, that nothing is going to get, uh, is gonna keep you from getting what my purpose has accomplished for you. In Isaiah chapter 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, are God making these promises? Right, and, and what I love about the scripture is it, it shows us not just that the promises of God, it shows us the promises kept by God. You know, some of you come here this morning and you have a really hard time because, because someone in your life, they haven't kept their word. Man, they've, they've, they've ushered all these words, they've uttered all these words, they make all these promises, but they never fall through. And in fact, it's affected the way that you see God. You see, God is just one big promise maker, but, but one who doesn't keep his word. And it's just not true because well, what you see in other parts of scripture is that everything that God promises, he brings to pass. So the, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah are, are God keeping all of his promises. It's God moving all of his people back into the land of Jerusalem. So go read in Ezra and Nehemiah. It's where the, the, the temple is rebuilt and the altars rebuilt and the city walls are rebuilt in 52 days. And everything that God promises in Isaiah 40 comes to pass. And I tell you all these things this morning because you need to know that God's not just a promise maker, but a promise keeper. God comes to these people, his people, the people that he loved, the people who've rebelled against him. And he says this, forget the former things. Right, and I don't know what you, what you think comes to mind in that place, but here's what God's saying. Hey, you need to forget the person that you were. Mitchell, the person that you were before Christ, let it go. Laura, the person that you were before me, let it go. Devin, the person that you were before me, let it go. He's saying, forget it. This punishment, he said, it's over. It's dealt with. The person that you were is done. Your sins are forgiven. Quit hanging on to them. And some of us, man, we come into this place and we can't take a step forward with God. We can't see anything that's going on because we haven't trusted God with our sin, with our past. He says, forget it. The blood has been shed. The lamb has been slain on the cross of Calvary. Your sin was paid for. You are in a good place with God only because of Jesus. He says, forget the former things. He says, don't dwell on the past. You know, that, that for some of us, the, the, the thing that's keeping us seeing and stepping into this life with God, the things that God is doing is because we're so attached to the things that God did in the past and we do not believe that God has better things for us in the future. And so we spend our whole lives dwelling back on the past and the things that God did. And, and we just keep telling stories of things that God did because we, are, we believe that God doesn't have anything for us on the horizon. And God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It springs up. Do you perceive it? Do you see what God is doing in our city? Do you see that, 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 that God is opening this window and he's inviting us to see, he's inviting us to step in? Yeah, we look at our lives. Man, if you're like me, that the, the, the part that's encouraging in this passage of scripture is that, is that God speaks these words when the people are still in exile. 
right? It's, it's easy to be hopeful when, when things are falling into place, when everything seems to be going your way, right? But, but when you're at the bottom, right, and, and someone comes and gives you a hopeful word, isn't it true that so often it's just hard to believe it? When you've been down, when you've been in the pits, when you've been in this place of being bit up, like beaten up, and, and, and it's hard to believe that, that anything is gonna change. And what's so encouraging is that God comes to the people when they're at the very bottom and says, I need you to have faith. I need you to see that I'm doing a new thing. I don't know what you come in here bearing this morning. You know, I don't want to pretend like all of us are at the bottom because the reality is that a lot of you are in a great place with God. Man, it's been a great, you know, 19 days of January, this, this new year, this new page. But I know that a lot of you, you come in here and, and it feels like you're, you're living in Babylon. It, maybe it's because of your, your, your own choices. Maybe you come here this morning and, and you're bearing some of the, the consequences of choices that you made earlier in life. And, and you come here this morning, and you go, man, I don't believe that anything can get better because of who I was. Some of you come here this morning and it feels like you're in Babylon because of, uh, of the sin that you're, you're wrestling right now. Right, no matter how hard you try, you, you just can't seem to shake that sin in your life. Some of you come in this morning and it's not personal sin in your life, it's the sin in our world. Think about tomorrow, the, the, the day that, that our, our nation is gonna stop and remember and celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. You know, the more that, that I spend time around people of color, the more that I realize that, 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 that everything ain't perfect in our culture and in our country. And that me as a, as a white man had a very different experience than people who grew up as, different, uh, as people of color. And maybe you come here this morning and, and, and you go, man, the, 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 the thing that I keep seeing is that our, our, our country keeps pressing down and we need a move of God. Maybe this morning you come here and, 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 and you look and, and what feels like Babylon, the, the thing that you feel powerless to change is, is a family member or a friend of yours that's straying from God. I was heartbroken this week. Thinking about a couple of my old friends, man, that used to be passionate about the Lord. Man, that used to, 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 to serve the Lord and to care about his kingdom and have just strayed and I feel powerless to do anything about it. Have you been there? Are you there right now? Some of you feel stagnant in your faith. Man, some of you, it's a, it's a struggle at work. It's a coworker. It's a boss. It's an issue that for some of you, you're just still stuck in life. Right, and, and, and we come here this morning in all different places with all these different problems and, 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 and it can feel overwhelming going, God, we need you. And Isaiah 43 is this reminder to God's people, to us, I haven't forgotten about you. And I see you. And what feels like Babylon, what feels like pain, what feels like problems, God says, I haven't forgotten about you. He says, well, you see what I'm doing? I'm making a way in the wilderness. You know, the wilderness is, is a place of complete hopelessness. 
It's a place where, where nothing thrives, where nothing grows. In fact, it's a place of hopelessness that you completely disregard. No one would live in the, the wilderness. No one set up shop in the wilderness. And God says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this place of hopelessness and I'm gonna lead you right through it. This place that's known to take life and I'm gonna actually bring about life. I'm gonna su- sustain you in the hopelessness. He says, I need you to know that I see you, that I am the way maker. I haven't forgotten about you. I'm doing a new thing. Do you perceive it? It's springing up all around us. I'm making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. And I'm reading this, this text this week and I'm trying to go, God, how, how does this speak into our lives? Like this was a, a very specific command that, that, that you gave to the nation of Israel several thousand years ago. How are you speaking this? Is this still a, a timely word for us? And all week I just kept feeling like God was saying, I, I, I need you to believe to believe that I'm the way maker, to to believe in the fullness of Jesus, to believe that that Jesus came, that he has taken away your sin, to believe that God is is the one that's working in our city, that these things that are happening are not coincidences, that it's the God of heaven through his son Jesus that is working to save and redeem our city, to believe, to see. And I felt like what God was saying is, and you gotta be all in. Like to, to believe that in Jesus and in the work on the cross, to believe that he's working, but, but to stand by as a spectator, it's not what he desires in this city. One of the things that we're asking our church family, I'm asking you to do this year throughout the, the season of prayer and fasting is, is in the packet, on the back of, the, of, of one of the sheets, there are these circles and it's intended for you to think about the people in your life who don't know Jesus. Your family, your friends that are far from God, your neighbors, your coworkers that are far from God and, and to every day throughout the fast to pray for them. And I'm asking you, and, and, and I think this is one of the things that God's stirring us, is, is, hey, let's not let this thing be happening in front of us and to half-hearted go into it or to, to, to not go into it at all. He's inviting us to be all in, to Austin really spend some time thinking about the people in your life and to actually believe that God is going to answer prayers through your willingness to pray, to be all in with praying, to, to be all in with fasting, right? And, and, and fasting, you know, if you've never done it before, fasting is, is not this thing. I was reading Dave's book, a book that's in the, the pack of it. It says fasting is, is not this thing that we do to get God's attention. Fasting is this thing that we do so that God can have all of our attention. Right, so we're not fasting. We don't set aside things to go, God, see how great we are, see what we're doing. No, we're saying, God, we're setting these things aside because we realize how distracted we are and we know that you're our maker and we, we're not walking with you as close as we want. We know that our hearts aren't beating for you the way, we, the way that we want them to, God. And so you have all of our attention 
We're gonna set aside a TV show. We're gonna set aside some food. We're gonna set aside some time to dwell on your presence and trust that in your presence, you're gonna recalibrate our hearts. And so I'm asking you, will you, will you pray this year? For the 30 days, will you, will you take it seriously every morning? Or maybe if you can in the morning, it's sometime during the day to pray for people in your life who don't know Jesus. And will you take it serious to, to fast? And for you to consider what your next step is, if you've never fasted before, there's a book in that packet. Go home and read it this week. Maybe you'll choose to, to fast from, from one meal each week. Maybe it's Wednesday afternoon. God, I'm gonna fast from lunch. And if that's your next step, take that step. Or maybe God's gonna invite you to, to fast from, 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 from media, to come home from work and instead of getting on your phone, instead of turning on Netflix, man, to, to give that time to the Lord. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe God's gonna invite you to, 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 to take another, another step in, in food fasting. I don't know what God has for you. But it's possible for God to be moving in our midst and for us to miss it. And I don't want to be a part of a church family that, that has this opportunity right before us to, to press into God's heart and to be recalibrated with God's heart and for us to miss it because we're skeptical, because we're sinful, whatever it might be. Take a step this year. And as a church family, we've had the opportunity this year to, to, to pray and fast 42 days this year. So we devoted the first um, Wednesday of every month to praying and fasting as a church family. And some of you guys participated in that this year. And, and Nana was reminding me on, on Thursday of, of all the things that have happened in our church family this past year. It's like, isn't it cool the, the, the way that our, our men's and, and our women's ministries are like, are, are, are gelling? The way that our people are, are honestly just enjoying spending time together. She said, have, have you noticed the way that, that God opened doors in our neighborhood this past year that have never been opened before? That through Bus Stop Strong and through Brenda and through our partnerships with the Andrew Jackson neighborhood that God has swung open this door for us to be involved in people's lives right here in the neighborhood. Have you noticed that, that our church has, has developed this, this hunger for, for God's presence? You know, Dale, every Wednesday morning, Felt like God was saying, hey, get up early. Spend time in my presence. And so, you know, for, since this summer, Dale has been leading a time of prayer every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. for any man who wants to come and pray. Keila, who is Andrew's wife, I started this prayer on, on Monday nights at, at, I think it's eight o'clock. Every other week where, where any woman who wants to be involved in a time of prayer, pressing into God's heart with other women. And I go, do you see it? And, and maybe it's not directly connected to our praying and fasting, but I go, one of the things that I know is that we prayed and fasted and God is doing some significant work of helping us love him more, helping us love each other more and helping us love and be more passionate about our city. And for us to, to go, man, we did that on our own is foolish. Will you be all in? share this last story. I was talking to one of my coworkers this week and she was telling me about someone in her family. And her family, this woman, um, she reached out to her one day and she, she called and she said, hey, I felt like I was supposed to just pray for you right now um, 
for God to comfort you. It's like, I just felt this kind of nudge. I felt like I was supposed to just reach out to you. And so I've been praying for you and I wanted you just to know that you were on my heart. And, and so my coworker says, you have no idea the timing of that. And she begins to, to tell her that she had just shared this really painful part of, of her life and her story with this other person. It was just this, mo- this emotionally draining moment. And she said, the fact that, that God was putting me on, on your heart to pray for comfort is significant. And she, and she looks at her, my, my, my coworker, my friend looks at her sister-in-law and says, God was speaking to you. And you heard it and, and you stepped in and you obeyed. And her family member looks at her and says, for the past two years, I've been asking God, God, can I hear your voice? I wanna hear you, God. I wanna be used by you, God. And my friend looks at her and says, your prayer's been answered. And sister, you hear from God. And God speaks to you. And it's so beautiful, but, but what I wanted to share that story for this morning is for two years she cried out to the Lord and I don't know why it, it took two years for it to sink in right the posture of her heart was a hunger for God to, to know God to walk with God And in this season of prayer and fasting, you might have immediate breakthrough. Man, you might pray for someone and, and then start coming to, to worship with you here on Sundays. You might pray for someone on your list and, 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 and they give their lives to Jesus in baptism. You might pray for someone and their life just completely turns around. Or you might pray for 30 days and nothing seems to happen. But I'm telling you, when you choose to sow into the things that God cares about, there will be a harvest. And when you align yourself with God's purposes and you don't ask God to align with your purposes, God is gonna bless it. God is a promise maker and a promise keeper. I'm doing a new thing. Do you see it? So here's what I wanna do. We throw up that slide. Caleb, I want us to take just a couple of minutes and I want us to just sit in silence with these two questions. Two questions. The first is this, I want you to, to pray in your head just silently and just ask God, God, who needs to be on my prayer list this year? Right, like this is the way, you don't have to, to, to think something up, you don't have to come up with it yourself. I want us to, to, we're gonna give God some space to put the people on your heart and your mind that specifically you need to be praying for this week or throughout this season of prayer and fasting. So God, who needs to be on my list? And then I want you to think about this. God, where do I need you to make a way in my life? And there might not be anything, but there might be a huge mountain in front of you that you need God to make a way. And so I want us to take the next few minutes and just to sit quietly with these questions and to pray. Dale's gonna play just some, some light music. And I want you just to trust the things that God speaks. I want you to write them down. Pull out your phones, write the things down, write the names of the people down. And then I'll get up here in just a minute. And, and kind of transition to the next part of, of worship. Let's take the next few minutes, pray these prayers Listen to what the Lord might have to say. I want to invite us the next few minutes, if you feel comfortable doing this, to, to kind of circle your chairs up with the people around you. 
and to speak in any, either one of these. And so maybe there's someone in your life in particular that God was highlighting. And, and so maybe what you guys will do is you'll just you'll mention them and you'll just pray for them. Or maybe it's something that God's the answer to the, the second question and God was showing you something. And so as, uh, as we share these things, that there's something really powerful about us not just coming and, and me talking, but in us sharing with one another and us opening it up. And I think it's a place that God moves in. So I invite you right now with, with the people around you, let's take the next few minutes and to, to share what God was showing you in, as we sit in his presence. And so we'll do that and then I'll get back up and dismiss this to, to communion in just a minute. Let's take the next few minutes, circle up, speak into these questions with the people that we're sitting with. All right, if you're talking, praying, you can keep doing that. We're gonna, I'm gonna dismiss this to, to go get communion. And so we have a piece of bread and a cup of juice all around the room. You can feel free to go get that with the people that you're talking to. Keep uh, discussing, keep praying. This is a, the broken body and blood of Jesus that was shed and spilled for us. Um, I also wanna just dismiss the, the middle school students to William Colliers for um, their house church right now as well. And so I'll pray and then dismiss this communion. So God, we thank you for the way that you move. I thank you for the way that you're speaking, um, God, to these men and women and what you're saying. And I pray that you would just build our confidence in you, God, that you would help us to understand how close you are. God, thank you for who you've always been. Give us more and more confidence in that. We praise you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.